Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Becky. We will be discussing our typical weekly NFL college football recaps and previews. And we will also be going over of some of this week's biggest stories in sports. Stay tuned for episode 51 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Took my baby to the highest high. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I appreciate y'all coming back for another one here. Um, just real quick before we jump into things, just want to let y'all know this one's going to be a little bit shorter. Um, to be quite honest, I'm really not feeling the best, and I leave very early tomorrow morning for a brief vacation, um, and I just didn't give myself enough preparation time. So this one's on me, but I still had to record an episode for y'all. Go ahead and put one out there. So, um Let's jump right into that week 10 NFL recap. Looking at your Thursday night game, just for those that didn't watch, Panthers 25, Falcons 15. Um, I really think either team could have won this game. I think that they're both very similar in matchup, and it's ironic that they're actually in the same division as well. Um, in terms of talent, I think both teams are kind of in uh, in similar positions, if you will. I would say that neither team really has their franchise quarterback. Mark Mariota has shown signs of potentially being his usual self and what he was in Tennessee, but I don't think that that's really subsided. Um, they both have some backfield issues, inconsistency, health issues and such. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, the teams are just so spotty everywhere. Um, and it really just, I don't know, neither team really has it set in stone, if you will. Starting with your Sunday matchups, you had the 9.30 game in Germany, Munich, first game in Germany. Awesome, awesome, awesome for the NFL. Um, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this game was pretty good, honestly. Um, I would say that we saw a pretty good performance out of Tom Brady. I would say something that we haven't. Now, real quick, just touch on this real quick. I know a lot of people that um, a lot of people think Tom Brady's doing bad this year, um, and I know that a lot of people are probably saying he's washed. But what y'all fail to realize is he is second in the league in receiving yards, receiving passing yards. I'm sorry, and he's actually been really close to having a hundred passer rating almost every game. So. Just because he's not throwing five touchdowns and f 400 yards doesn't mean he's not succeeding. Um, I just think that we, kind of like LeBron, we get so used to seeing such consistent success that their average becomes like normal to us. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he's still playing fairly well. He could be doing better, I will say. He could be doing better. You know, but I don't want anybody saying he's like washed or he's done. He should have retired. I don't know about all that. Not to mention, there seems to be a shift in the backfield in Tampa. Uh, Richad White actually had eight more carries than Leonard Fournette, which I don't know. I mean, it's it's a little weird to me. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get too deep into it. 
On the contrary of things, I would say that Tampa Bay shutting down the, the rushing attack from the Seahawks had a big impact on the outcome of the game. I also think that the Seahawks kind of messed up, only giving Kenneth Walker 10 carries after how consistent he's been these last few weeks. Um, I will say that a guy that's that's been on the tear that he's been, you got to give him the ball. At the end of the day, there's really nothing else to it. Starting with your 1 o'clock games, looking at the Bills and the Vikings. This one is, uh, this was a great game. Great game. Uh, we saw some of the craziest catches. Justin Jefferson, man, that guy is top two receiver in the NFL right now. No doubt, no questions asked. Easy as that. Absolutely incredible what that guy is doing. And he's consistent. Now, I remember a handful of episodes back, y'all might remember me saying. Or, I'm sorry, I should point out. Y'all remember me pointing out the fact that Justin Jefferson said that he plans to be the greatest receiver of all time. Uh, he's on the right track, I can tell you that much. He's having an incredible season, as usual. Um, not to mention an unbelievable catch. One of the best all time, I, I would have to say. Absolutely incredible one-handed catch. Un unbelievable. Surprising game here. Bills beat the... Uh, sorry. Vikings beat the Bills in overtime 33-30. The Lions and the Bears. Quite a fourth quarter comeback by the Lions here. Who put up 21 points in the fourth quarter after scoring none in the third. And only 10 in the first half. Very, very good performance by the Lions defense at the end of the game. Uh, I got the chance to watch the game, and I will say, like I said, that that defense really came out to play. Um, something else I find a little weird about Detroit, they're not giving DeAndre Swift the ball. Now, I understand that last week he had just, it was his first game off the injury, um, and he actually came out and said he was kind of pissed off that he wasn't getting the ball and he wasn't getting the uh ball sharing properly. I mean, Jamal Williams had 16 carries, DeAndre Swift at six. You know, and I don't know. I mean, if Swift is healthy, you know what I mean? Here's my thing. If the guy is not healthy, then he shouldn't be on the field. So don't be giving him less snaps because you think he's not fully healthy or capable. If he's not healthy, do not play him. It's as simple as that. So I don't know what the situation is, um, but all I know is Amonra St. Brown, Back to usual 10 catches, 119 yards. That is exactly what we know him to do. Now, on the contrary, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears had the best rushing offense in the NFL going into this game, and I'd be willing to say that they maintained that. 147 yards out of Fields, another 57 out of Heat Herbert, and another 37 out of Montgomery. Um, absolutely insane rushing attack that these guys have going here, especially Justin Fields' last couple games. Oh, wow. I apologize. I'm watching the Packers-Tennessee game right now, and there was a great hit. Absolute. Wow, that was a great hit. That's all I got. Rocked him. All right, and then Cole Komet with another great week out of him as well. Uh, somebody who was very quiet in the beginning of the season is finally starting to make a little noise. I think that was someone of his caliber. People were people were excited, looking for him to kind of get his foot in the door a little better, but I think he's finally starting to reach that potential. 
Next up, you had the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. Really didn't get much out of either team here, personally. Uh, really fairly low-scoring game for what we've seen. Um, and I actually, one of my friends the other day told me that um, out of all the games the Denver Broncos have played, if they would have just scored 18 points, they would be 8-1 and one right now. How crazy is that? To think that they can't even get 20 points in these games and they would be 8-1 and one if they actually did. and But that also goes to show that their defense is keeping them within these games. You know, imagine if they had a fairly bad defense. They would be getting blown out by 20-plus, in my opinion. Their defense is keeping them in these games. I don't know how, but they are. Fairly quiet night from Derrick Henry. 19 carries, only 53 yards, no touchdowns there. Um, that's really not what we're used to seeing out of him. And I'm not going to say he's, he's washed cause he's still having some good games, but I definitely think that we're going to, I wouldn't say a decline of productivity, but he is not his usual self this season. I don't know what it is, but there, it just seems like, um, we're used to seeing a lot bigger performances out of him and we're starting to see some average ones. I don't know. Chiefs and Jaguars. Chiefs win 27-17. Pretty good performance here from Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he played a horrible game. His accuracy was a bit of an issue, um, but no no turnovers on his end, so that's good. Christian Kirk back at it again like he was a few weeks ago, 105 yards, two touchdowns. And then Travis Etienne with another fairly decent performance, 45 yards rushing and 28 receiving. Definitely not what we've seen him do these last few weeks, but still helpful cause. On the contrary, looking at the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, typical Mahomes boy fashion, 331, four TDs, only one interception on the four TDs. The ratio is pretty good there. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco taking over the backfield with 16 carries and 82 yards. I don't really understand what's going on with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, he had a very good start to the season, and all of a sudden they just kind of decided, oh, you're doing good, let's stop using you. Um, it really doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I'm not there, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I'll never understand to stop using a guy who's successful. That's all I got for you. Um, and despite having... Miko Hardman out, it doesn't matter. Marquez Valdez-Scantling picks up right where he left off with 60 yards and a touchdown. Kadarius Toney, 57 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, really good performance out of those three guys there. Definitely helped the cause, not to mention Jarek McKinnon with some great receptions out of the backfield as well. Um, and Juju was actually on pace to have a pretty good game, but he went out with a head injury early in the game. The Dolphins and the Browns, not very close game here. Uh the Dolphins came out. Tua Tango Viola's been on quite a tear lately. 285 and three touchdowns. He's starting to slowly emerge as an MVP candidate lately. Um, he's been playing MVP caliber football these last few weeks and really the season in general. We're seeing some stuff out of him that I would say a lot of people probably would argue you never would have. So um, definitely exciting to see someone like him, especially after those injuries early in there in the year um, that really had you wondering how much of his career could have been at stake. Jeff Wilson, the trade from San Francisco. Listen, it looks like this was the right move. 119 yards and a touchdown on top of Mostert with 65 and a touchdown. Jeff Wilson really separated that Miami backfield. And I know a lot of people, including myself, were talking about how far in depth the backfield in uh, Miami was with Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, um, not obviously Raheem Mostert. 
and then really their go-to guy from last year, Miles Gaskin. Um, and it's changed a lot. I would say really out of that whole group, the only guy left is Raheem Mostert. So good on him for being fairly consistent enough to maintain his job, whereas the rest of the guys lost him. Uh, very minimal performances from Waddle and Tyreek this week. Definitely not what we're used to seeing out of those guys. Usually our typical 100 yarders almost every time. Looking at the other side of things, Nick Chubb with only 63 yards, but also only 11 carries. I thought that was kind of peculiar to only give him 11 carries. He's Nick Chubb. Simple as that. Giants and Texans. Giants win 24-16. to Looking at your box score, Davis Mills with 319 yards. Touchdown pick. Uh, Damian Pierce, like I said, uh, this is one of those guys that is emerging as the Offensive Rookie of the Year favorite. Um, I will say that the fact that he's not scoring touchdowns may hurt his effect there because he's not getting that stage that guys like Kenneth Walker over in Seattle is getting um, just because of the spotlight he's he's had because of his scoring and such. Saquon Barkley, man, I'm telling you, I don't know how this guy does not win Comeback Player of the Year award over Geno Smith. And... Real quick, I'm going to actually go into detail of this. So here is my problem with why I don't think it should be fair for Geno Smith to win the award. I think Saquon earns it for more so than what the actual for more so for what the actual award is. Um, it's called the Come Back Player of the Weird, meaning return. Saquon Barkley's rookie year. Why don't you go look at his stats, right? You look at his second year, he suffered injury. Third season, he played about 12 games. wasn't great, but you look at the team around him, they were just all around just in a bad position. And then you look at him now back to 152 yards. Like, really? That's crazy. Um, you look at his other games this year. He's been here before. His rookie year was great. Geno Smith has never put up the stats that he's putting up this season. He's never played at the caliber he's playing there. Now, I don't really care what you have to say um he wasn't as good in new york and he literally has not had the opportunity up until now so there was no initial thing to be coming back to so i don't think it would be possible nor fair for him to win the comeback player of the year award because he's not coming back from anything you look at who won it last year alex smith he came back from injury Y'all might say Alex Smith was an average quarterback. Sure. Look at what he did when he was in Kansas City and also in Washington. He was pretty good. You know, he got it done. So I think that uh, I think that, that award needs to go to Saquon, and I don't think it should be close. That's just my opinion, though. A lot of people feel otherwise, and that's fine. Sports is all about opinions anyway. Looking at the Steelers and Colts, man, that Steelers defense showed up again for the first time in quite a while. And let me tell you why. Guess whose first game back it was since early in the season? T.J. Watt. Defensive player of the year to me for the last, I don't know, three seasons, even though he didn't win it. But my opinion. Um, he's clearly a very big part of that defense, and they need him there. Um, he did really good. He had the four, four total tackles as well as uh, a couple QB pressures as well. Um, no sacks out of him. He did have a hit on, on the quarterback, but he didn't have any sacks. Um, still, I mean, I think just having the guy on the field and the pressure he brings and the effect he has on the people around him is definitely enough to scare a guy um, like Andy Dalton. So Andy Dalton has seen some, some serious guys in his days and – T.J. Watt is definitely up there among the worst. 
Another fairly minimal performance out of Kamara, 26 yards. To be fair, he did only have eight carries. Again, I'm not really sure. This is another one of those teams where I don't really understand why your star running back is getting such a little amount of carries. Looking at the Colts and the Raiders. Colts win by 5-25-20. Jonathan Taylor finally back to what we know him to be doing. On 22 carries, he has 147 yards and a touchdown. Definitely what we're used to seeing out of Mr. Taylor. And I'm glad that now that they got rid of that piece of shit Frank Reich and put an actual, well, I'm not going to say actual coach, interim coach in Mr. Jeff Saturday. And we'll get into more detail on that in a little while. Um, that they decide, oh, my God, I have one of the best running backs in the country. Let me uh, let me think. Let me use him. Oh, my God, wow, 147 yards and touchdown. Oh, who would have thought? Well, me. So put me in coach, literally. Put me in as a coach. How about that? Derek Carr was one of his better games this year. 248, two TDs. Wasn't enough to win the game. Devontae Adams, usual, 126 and a TD. Josh Jacobs, back after a couple rough weeks. 78 and a touchdown out of him as well. Uh, they did play pretty well, but that defense is pretty damn bad, dude. Um, I will say one of the worst free agent signings of the offseason, Chandler Jones. He has been very quiet ever since that happened. Looking at the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys, this one actually kind of blew my mind because I don't think anybody expected the Packers to win this game. Dak Prescott with two interceptions, that sure as hell didn't help. Tony Pollard may be emerging as the top guy to go to in Dallas backfield I know that Zeke was out but still Pollard has been fairly consistent you can't deny it CD Lamb with 152 touchdowns he's been showing a couple signs of being one of the top receivers in this league you definitely got to keep your eye on a guy like CD on the contrary at Christian Watson rookie receiver with four catches 107 yards three touchdowns averaged almost 27 yards a catch that's pretty impressive, especially from a guy like him who's been in a receiving core that's been struggling all year. Um, it's good to see someone like him succeed. Cardinals and Rams. Cardinals won 27-17. They rally behind their backup quarterback, Colt McCoy, 238 and a touchdown. James Conner is back, 69 yards, two TDs. DeAndre Hopkins, 98 yards. Ronald Rondale Moore, 94 yards. I think that if you uh, you want a sleeper, and he's probably available in most fantasy leagues, Rondale Moore, he's, go look at what he's done the last few games. If you're looking for some help in fantasy, I just found you your guy. Now, on the contrary, the Rams didn't really have much help. Cam Akers is finally back in the backfield. Um, I'm still so confused at what's going on there. He's kind of in the same situation as uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Leonard Fournette. I don't really understand the purpose of shifting a backfield when the other guy is still succeeding. You're supposed to do that when the other guy becomes a bad option that's not successful. I cannot comprehend nor understand why those decisions would be made if the running back is still successful. That's, I, I don't know. Looking at your Sunday night game, Chargers-San Francisco, really not a surprise here. Um, I think a lot of people need to start to it kind of expect a, a split backfield uh, between McCaffrey and Mitchell. Mitchell, it was his first game back from an early injury in the season, um, and he definitely took some carries from McCaffrey. only had 14. Mitchell had 18. McCaffrey also had four receptions as well. 
And I don't know. I think that it could be a good thing for San Francisco. They've won every game since they've gotten Christian McCaffrey. Um, and it should be exciting, you know. Um, he's definitely been a good addition to the team. So I think that uh, – I'm sorry. They haven't won every game. The game that – the te- the week that he joined the team, like midweek, they lost. I don't really count that, though, because he wasn't there a full week. So if both full weeks that McCaffrey was on the team, San Francisco won the game. I will also point out interesting statistic for you. Jimmy Garoppolo is now 11-0 and in games that he does not throw a touchdown. How ridiculous is that? Like how, what? That, you, that doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? The quarterback doesn't throw a touchdown and he's undefeated. That's just not how shit works. Looking at your Monday night game, absolute stunner. Taylor Heineke, 211 yards and doesn't even throw for a touchdown. Yet somehow they win the game. Terry McLaurin, 128 yards. Looking at your backfield, you had Brian Robinson, 86 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Gibson, 44 yards and a touchdown. That definitely helped. The Eagles, it seems like they really couldn't just get anything going this game. Jalen Hurts threw his first interception that we've seen out of him since week three. We are now in week... This was in week 10, I'm sorry. Um that he did that so he went seven straight weeks without a pick and then here he is throwing one in this game definitely a big part of it Washington's defense showed up looking at your week 11 preview you got the Titans and Packers playing right now there's about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter Titans are up 27-17 and so far it's been a pretty good game Looking at your Sunday games, you've got the Browns and the Bills. Should be a great game. It was actually moved to the city of Detroit uh, due to the fact that there were weather warnings and advisories up in Buffalo. Up to six feet of snow was expected there, and that's definitely not acceptable. Playing conditions, considering the starting running back for both teams, is shorter than six feet. So not too sure how that would work for you. Moving on to the next game, Lions and Giants. Oh, I forgot to pick a winner. I'm going to take the Bills. I don't think the Browns have been very consistent. Looking at the Lions and the Giants, I think that despite the Lions' success these last couple games, I just don't think the defense has what it takes to stop somebody, especially like Saquon. Um, So if they're able to stop Saquon, then that's how you win the game. But considering what they gave up last week to Justin Fields and the rest of this crew, uh, I don't really see them stopping Saquon Barkley. Bears and Falcons. I think this will be a great game. I'm actually going to take the Bears in this matchup. I think that they they lost a very close game last week to a Lions defense that truly just showed up and played exactly the way they should, shut it down, and got away with a lucky one, not to mention the 21 points in the fourth quarter was helpful. So I'm going to take the Bears here. I don't think the Falcons quite got it figured out. The Eagles and the Colts. I think the Eagles rally back from a tough loss. I think that they've now understand we are a vulnerable team. We are not perfect. Now it's time to get right back on track. I think they beat the Colts, who are still a team, trying to find their identity with a new interim head coach in Jeff Saturday. AFC East matchup, Jets and Patriots. This will be an interesting game. I would say that it's it's honestly really tough to really pick a winner here um, just because we've been kind of inconsistent between the last te- two team, ma- last few matchups. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Patriots. I think their defense has been playing really well lately, and coming off the bye week, I think they're well-rested and ready to play. 
Rams and Saints. I may or may not have to take the Saints here. I would say the only reason that they lost last week is because the Steelers' defense played out of their minds. And you're looking at a team in the Rams that has been very inconsistent this season, looking for a lot of help. They can't really figure it out. And a defense that I wouldn't say offense is kind of crippled, especially missing quarterback Stafford and concussion protocol, protocol if he is still to miss the game. And then the defense has just been underperforming as well. Panthers and Ravens coming off the bye week. Lamar Jackson is about to go crazy jit. Uh, I think he's going to have a great game here. Mark Andrews could be back from injury, so we're going to see how they do. But I'm going to take the Broncos over the Panthers. I'm sorry, Ravens over the Panthers. Commanders and Texans. Man, this is the mid-bowl of the year. I'm going to go ahead and take the Commanders here. I think that they are the better team, and there is a chance that Carson Wentz could be back. But I do believe that Ron Rivera had said that Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke will be the starting quarterback for this following game. It just seems that Carson Wentz may or may not be at 100% just yet. Raiders and Broncos. This one should be interesting. I know we discussed a lot of the, uh, or just earlier discussed the outcomes of the Broncos games, all pretty much coming within a few points, really less than two scores. Um, and that's just kind of what it comes down to here in this game is um, what are what are we going to see out of both teams? I think that if if Las Vegas is able to play the way they did last week, they could win this game because Denver is not nearly as good of a team as the the way the Colts played. I will say the Colts are a decent team, but they played better than I think they are last week. And if Vegas is able to kind of continue, keep up what they went through last week, then they should do fine. The Cowboys and the Vikings. This should be another really good game. I don't know that uh, the Cowboys are really comfortable right now. Um, I, th I find it ironic that the Cowboys are the favorite in this game, especially after their performance last week versus the... Uh, Vikings beating arguably the best team in the league. Um, so I don't know if I can trust the Cowboys to win this one here at home. I'm sorry, not at home. They are away at Minnesota. I think Minnesota at home has quite the advantage, and I think that they're going to take advantage of that and win the game. AFC North matchup. You've got the Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. This is one that we're very excited to see. Uh, but I do think that the Bengals off the bye week are going to come right back into it. Very explosive. And I'm going to take the Bengals, although I could see the Steelers winning this one as underdogs. Chiefs and Chargers. You've got an AFC West matchup here between these two teams. Um, Chiefs have been very consistent lately. And I don't know. I still kind of stand where I was on the Justin Herbert situation. I think he is pretty average until sh he shows me otherwise. Um, I don't know. This year he's just been kind of off, and I know that he's capable of better than what he's doing this year, but that's it, just kind of where he's at, you know. Um, I'll just say that there's there's really not too many guys in the league that he's outperforming right now. Um, but overall, it should be a good Sunday night game for us. And then going into your Monday night, you've got an NFC South matchup between... I'm sorry, NFC West matchup between Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. 
this one's tough because both teams have played okay lately. I think if Kyler Murray is back healthy, I'm going to take the Cardinals. But if he's still injured, I'm going to actually go ahead and take San Francisco there in that matchup. There you have it, guys, your Week 11 preview and recap for the NFL. All right, jumping over to the college football. Same thing, college football is what we just did for the NFL. Looking at your first matchup that definitely probably caught you off, the Purdue Boilermakers defeat the Fighting Illini. Illini were ranked, Purdue was not. Illini have one of the better rushing attacks in the country, but it doesn't matter as the Boilermakers come out on top to win the game 31-24. Jumping over to Alabama Ole Miss, I was really hoping that Ole Miss was going to win this game, and they definitely probably could have, considering they only lost by six, meaning a touchdown wins it. Fantastic rushing performance by running back Quinshawn Judkins at Ole Miss, but it seems like that was really about all they had going. They had some good receiving um, yardage out of Malik Heath, no touchdown there, um, but they did get a touchdown out of the Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Really, though, that rushing performance, 135 yards, two TDs out of Judkins. And then looking at Bama, they didn't really have any true great performance. Uh, Bryce Young played really well, just over 200 yards and three TDs. Um, But I would say really nobody on the team really overperformed. I would say I'm really surprised to see that Jameer Gibbs is not getting RB1 carries anymore. Uh, As this game, he only had six carries. Whereas you look at Jace McClellan, who's a junior, had 19 carries. So I don't know if we may be seeing a little bit of a change in the backfield there. Gibbs may not be their guy, um, but we shall see. Another good matchup that we had here. Boston College unranked defeats 16th ranked NC State by one close game. UCF and Tulane. UCF shows that Tulane is vulnerable and where they are vulnerable and is able to knock them to 8 and 2. Both teams are actually matched now in uh, over I'm sorry, not overall record, but I would say UCF is probably going to jump to Lane in rankings. The 25th ranked Washington Huskies defeat the 6th ranked Oregon Ducks. Crazy performance in this game looking at the quarterback, Michael Penix, 408 yards, two touchdowns. Tula Papa, 70 yards and a touchdown. Also, Cameron Davis with 24 yards and a touchdown, both on 10 carries. And not to mention receiver Jalen McClellan with 122 receiving yards. And not far behind him, you had Jalen Polk with 95 and a touchdown. Great performance by Washington in general. Um, Bo Nix could not get the boys They were too close, but it just wasn't enough. Bucky Irvin, one of the best running backs in the country, 143 yards, did not score, unfortunately, but don't worry. Noah Whittington right behind him with 108 yards and a touchdown as well, not to mention Bo Nix had a rushing touchdown to join him, but it wasn't enough. Even receiver Troy Franklin with 139 yards and a TD couldn't get them enough to win the game. Looking at TCU and Texas, this game was a lot closer than a lot of people probably would have expected to, and from someone that watched it, it was a snooze fest in the first half. I think it was it was either I think it was three to zero going into halftime, and that I mean it was quite boring to begin with. Uh, there wasn't really much coming out of either team. It was just nonstop punt, 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 punt. Uh, Matt Matt Max Dugan rushing. 
attack as a quarterback was pretty terrible. Ten rushes for negative 41 yards. Uh, that's got to be close to a record or something. That's pretty crazy. Uh, only 124 passing yards and a touchdown, whereas on the contrary, Texas, Quinn Ewers, 171, no TDs and an interception. Like I said, it was kind of a snooze fest. Not much happened at all. And then lastly, for your week 11 recap, you had Arizona unranked defeat number 12, UCLA 34-28. to Arizona's defense showed up strong. Quarterback Jaden DeLara played fantastic, 315-2 TDs. And was very successful there, whereas UCLA, despite Charbonnet's 181 yards and three touchdowns, could not get the win. It definitely wasn't on my man Charbonnet. I do still miss him in Michigan. He's been so successful at UCLA, and I just wish. Imagine how good that freaking backfield would have been. There you have it, Week 11 Recap. Jumping into Week 12, some matchups that you should keep an eye on. Looking at... Big Ten matchup, Michigan and the Fighting Illini. I think this will be a pretty good game. Uh, I think it will be closer than a lot of people would want it to be. Um, I'm one of those people. The first half performance by Michigan this season has been pretty poor. Um, So they need to figure out a way to stop performing like shit in the first half because it's not funny, okay? Looking at a ranked matchup between UCLA and USC. Uh, both teams in the top 20 of the rank this year. Uh, UCLA, I really think it really comes down to uh, defense and what they're able to stop. Quarterback Caleb Williams rallying behind Lincoln Riley and transfer from Pittsburgh, Jordan Addison, receiver. Uh, really good performances out of these guys so far this season and um, really comes down to UCLA's defense in my opinion. And then you got Utah and Oregon, both 8-2 and two teams in the top 15 of the ranks. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. I may or may not have to give it to Utah. They've been playing a lot better since their losses earlier in the year. You've got Louisville and NC State, both very close in record. NC State dropped down to 24th after their loss, um, and Louisville's been looking pretty good. I may or may not take Louisville here. I think they're going to play pretty good against NC State, um, and they've been kind of snubbed out of the rankings, but they, they'll if they beat NC State, I think they may find their way inside. There you have it, you guys. There is your NFL recap preview, college football recap preview. Now we're going to finish the episode off with... This week's fast break. An absolutely unfortunate tragedy at the University of Virginia as three current football players were killed on campus shooting by former player Chris Jones. They have actually canceled their home game for this week in the wake of the shooting that left the three players dead and actually another wounded on top of that. if for those that are curious the players were Devin Chandler Lavelle Davis and Deshaun Perry they were the ones that lost their lives to the shooter here uh really don't know what the hell is going on there um but just incredibly unfortunate absolutely gone too soon did you pick Josh Allen as your MVP for the season well you might be wrong in his last three games he's thrown three TDs and twice as many interceptions definitely not what we're used to seeing out of him He is leading the NFL with 10 interceptions on the year. Jeff Saturday, hired in as interim coach in Indianapolis, comes out and wins the game. 
after tweeting earlier in the season, the Raiders look horrible. What does he do? He goes out as an interim coach, first ever game as a professional or college coach, and beats the Raiders. Wow. Dan Arlovsky tweeted out, What a disrespectful, embarrassing, entitled, unproven, and inexperienced win by Jeff Saturday. The legendary Colts coach, Tony Dungy, responded to the tweet and said, Amen, Dan. I heard all the talk leading up to the game, too. Unconventional? Yes. But Jeff is a leader and a winner. That is what the Colts were looking for, and it's what they got. How about it? Ndamukong Su, former rusher for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Could this be something that they even need? And lastly, Justin Verlander, legendary pitcher who's pitched for the Detroit Tigers and the Houston Astros, joins an elite company as becoming only the 11th pitcher in MLB history to win the Cy Young three or more times. Congratulations, Justin Verlander. Very happy that you ended up having a successful career with and without Detroit. It's just the way it happens. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's episode 51. It ended up being a lot longer than I expected it to, but that's because I went into a little more depth with your recap and preview for the NFL just to try and elongate the time of the episode so it didn't feel like you were truly having a shorter episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week for episode 52. Peace out. I'm